the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Indeed, we are <coughs> seeing across the world an unprecedented numbers of individuals receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we are excited about what the Lord is doing. Brother Reagan periodically will read some missions reports and we are only seeing, I know, the tip of the iceberg uh, as through the lens of our uh, denomination. And yet I know there are others and others that are not uh, we don't have their report of things that are happening in and around the world. And it's an exciting time to be alive, an exciting time to feel what we feel and know that the Lord is, you know, wrapping things up. And when you read and hear and see some of these reports, just to be able to go, you know what, somehow the Lord... Uh, is still in control and to know that the Bible bears record of, <clears throat> of what's going on and as I mentioned whether it's reading the book of Revelation or reading some of the prophets in the Old Testament things that were written 2,000 years ago and all of a sudden <clears throat> they uh, are are being fulfilled in our in our lifetime and and yet uh, you know in fact the Bible talks about uh, nation shall be against nation and and that is the word for uh, ethnicities ethos and it, you know it, it has reference to uh, the conflicts that we're seeing in society and and everything it comes down to a fight and everything is a a major uh, battle and and I, I don't know in my lifetime if I've ever seen it uh, quite this way in that sense of you know I, I remember in my lifetime when you could anybody could walk into the airport and walk all the way to the gate and uh, uh, there's been numerous times that uh, you know something would happen and in fact uh, my wife's family one time was going on a vacation and I well, my wife and I were going to join them, and and last minute I couldn't go, and so uh, I just gave my mother my ticket and said, "You fly." And she went when uh, uh, they all had a, a few days rest, and I, I I didn't get to go, and she didn't even change the ticket. It was just like, you know, all right, here's my ticket. I can get on the airplane. Well, you can't do that today, obviously, and there's no. You know, there, some of those things is just—it's that sign of of the, the the stress, the anger, the terrorism, whatever you want to say—that's worldwide. And yet, in the midst of all of that, here we are, growing apostolic legacy. We have a great history, and we are growing and alive, and we have. Uh, we are in fact apostolic and believe what the apostles preached and taught 
and we'll be glad to give you a Bible study. We're very kingdom-minded, very missions-minded, and we're doing what we can to somehow uh, reach uh, the world and represent the vision of Christ. We want to be known as Christians, and that means in every aspect of our lives. We don't want a religion. We want a relationship with God. Amen? Amen? It's not just something we do on Sunday morning or Sunday night. It's not just, well, it's the Kiwanis Club. This is something we believe that the Lord impacts you every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And hallelujah, I'm glad he's able to do that. And yet we have a great history and met uh, and, and, and was told we have some guests that came here years ago that are here this morning. What a great history and a legacy that is here of individuals, not only the buildings, but the people, and then the future generations. Some of these young folks sitting right here in the front that we believe God and have seen God's hand and his uh, hand and his direction and his uh, uh, wisdom on their lives and know that they are going to be mighty in the kingdom. Today is not going to be anything majorly <coughs> earth shattering in uh, uh, revelatory or in revelation to you, but it's going to be about just simply receiving the Holy Ghost. And I know I could spend uh, hours on these discussions and we can do Bible studies and I can read all of the verses, but I just kind of want to give you an overview of what it means to receive the Holy Ghost, about where it was taught in the Bible about receiving the Holy Ghost, and maybe uh, whet your appetite for the power and the experience that the Lord has in store for every one of us. You see, whenever uh, the, there's one uh, sort of set of verses that are, are contained in, you know, what we call the synoptic gospels or the same gospels or Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then John sort of wrote his own gospel uh, about the deity of Christ. And so there are some stories that are in Matthew and not in the other three. There are some that are in Matthew and Mark and not in the other two. Some that are in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that are not in John. And then there are some in John that are not in the others and vice versa. But amazingly, <clears throat> the verse that talks about how that John the Baptist said, I will baptize you with water unto repentance, but there's one coming after me who's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire is taken, is shown not only in Matthew, but it's in Mark and it's in Luke and it's in John. And in fact, it's quoted by Jesus in the book of Acts just before he ascends into heaven when he goes with them to the Mount of Transfiguration and says, go to Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He, Jesus himself, red letters says, John fairly baptized you with water and I'm gonna, there you will go and you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So that's why we believe that you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because that's why Jesus came. John said, 
I came to preach repentance. That means a turning around and to preach baptism in water. And now Jesus is coming so that the Holy Ghost would be outpoured. In fact, I read it, I think it was last week in John 7, 37 through 39, where Jesus stood up on the day of the Feast of the Tabernacles and they were pouring water out on the steps of the Tabernacles. And in that day, the last day of that great feast, he said these words. He said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And this spake he of the water. He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And what was he talking about? So that you don't have any question, John said, this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. So if you are a believer, the Lord wants you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost out of the innermost belly flowing out of you. You say, well, why, why didn't they get it? I, just automatically. And I know sometimes folks will talk about, well, you know, uh, you know uh, that I, when I just believed that it automatically came. But the Lord said, there is a spring of living water. He said, it's not yet given. But as soon as he is glorified, as soon as he would go to the Calvary, then he knew that the Holy Ghost was going to be poured out. Other places, Jesus talked about what the Holy Ghost was and how important it was. In fact, I, I can't even list all the scriptures where Jesus used biblical examples of, of how important the Holy Ghost was. And at times speaking of it very specifically when he would say, you know what? The Holy Ghost is going to lead you and guide you into all truth. He, Paul wrote that it will, by, when we receive the Holy Ghost, we'll know that we are children of God. That the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts is going to give us power to witness. It's going to help us pray. When you don't know how to pray, the Holy Ghost will help you pray. And when you know that you are in trouble, he is our comforter. In John the 14th chapter, in John the 16th chapter, he said the Holy Ghost will teach you all things, what you need to say. He said, Jesus said, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth and it will help you not be barren. In other words, it's going to produce something in you. In fact, the Bible is very clear that the father of Jesus was the Holy Ghost. He said that, that Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and she conceived and bore his son and they called his name Jesus. What are you saying? If you want to be fruitful, you need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because the Bible calls it, and, and Paul wrote in Galatians, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's one fruit. Whenever you get the Holy Ghost, the Lord is wanting to birth in you love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. He wants to produce that in you. But somehow, we have to say, well, Lord, you know, do I need to receive the Holy Ghost? Is that very important? Jesus was very clear. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or necessary that I go away. For if I don't go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, here's what he said. 
He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Without the Holy Ghost, it's hard to remember those three things. The re being reproved of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now he, you say, well, what are you talking about? He goes on to explain. Jesus himself said, of sin because they believe not on me. What are you saying? He is saying that if you will believe, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and it will let you know I've been forgiven. Everything's been washed away. I know it was done on Calvary. I get it. But sometimes if you've ever been where you just felt like, you know what, I, 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 I don't know how, how I can make it. I don't know how I can turn my life around. I don't know if I'm able. If you will pray through until you touch the Lord and get a drink of the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden it will let you know that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I, it's not going to be by my might nor by my power. I don't have the power to live above this. I don't have the power to change my life. I don't have the power to do differently, but I'm tapped into a source that all of a sudden is greater than anything that I've ever felt or experienced. And so I have, can understand that the power of the Holy Ghost is going to give me strength. Yes. Then he said of righteousness and what does that mean? He said of righteousness because you will be righteous. That's not what Jesus said. Read it very carefully. He said of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. What was he saying? He was saying that what the Holy Ghost will remind you is that it's not your righteousness that matters. It's his righteousness. Oh, it's not what I have. You say, well, oh, I'm struggling. Oh, but when you come out of having been plunged into the deep end of the rivers of living water, when you raise your hands and the Holy Ghost begins to flow through you, you rem all of a sudden it changes, it shifts your way of thinking. It's not up to my works. It's not up to me. It's not how good I am. But one day Jesus died on Calvary and I'm so thankful that I can experience the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the comforter. That's the thing that lets me know it's not because of who I am. It's because of who he is. That same spirit that dwelt in Christ Jesus now flows through me. I'm glad I'm a child of the king. Amen. And then he said of judgment. And you think, oh, wow, it'll prove that it's going to judge me. It's going to make me feel bad. Well, the Holy Ghost sometimes will make us, you know, quicken us to, hey, we need to change and we need to do some, some things. But the Holy Ghost is not an accuser. It doesn't leave you laying on the ground and tell you how rotten you are. That's the devil. If you, if you feel like there's no hope and that your life's over, that's not God. And if you feel like, oh, I don't know if I can change, that's not God. That voice is not God. Because what the Holy Ghost brings, he said, it brings you the reproof of sin. It brings you righteousness. And then the last one is judgment. And here's what Jesus said of judgment because what? The 
prince of this world is judged. What, in other words, what the Holy Ghost will do is let you know, you know what? I'm telling you, I know the enemy is strong. I know the principalities. I know the spirits. I know the battle I'm fighting. But one of these days, Lord, you are going to put him in his place and you're not, he's not going to bother me anymore. And all of a sudden it reminds you I'm part of a group of folks that are filled with the Holy Ghost and greater is he there there is not a spirit. There is not a depression. There is not an anxiety. There is nothing that can destroy my heart and mind and life because I have received the gift of the Holy Ghost and I know who's going to be judged ultimately. You say, well, wow, Jesus said these words. They would all be in red letters. I just highlighted some of them so you could notice them. But the point is, Jesus himself made this statement. He told them, he said, listen, you need to go to Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Acts, the first chapter. And then when you read the book of Acts, it's amazing because there are three different groups of believers that are recorded in the book of Acts as having spoken in tongues. Uh, the Jews in the second chapter, the Gentiles, Cornelius' house in chapters 10 and 11, and the disciples of John the Baptist, and the book of Ephesus in chapter 19. What happens is, let's see, <clears throat> there it is, something supernatural happened. In fact, uh, Acts the 8th chapter talks about how that Simon the magician watched as they went around and laid hands on him and something was happening. It doesn't really tell us what it was but it was so powerful that Simon said I want to buy that power and so it wasn't just that they just simply said I, I accept the Lord which is good to say that. It's good to accept the Lord. It's good to believe. It's good to have all of those things. Those are wonderful steps but Paul later even wrote in, in the book of Corinthians after he goes through a whole discussion about tongues and the gift of tongues that we can go through it and explain it all and teach you and show you and read and it's not what I believe it's just what the Bible says but in uh, Corinthians 11 and in 12 and 13 and 14 and Paul kind of wraps all this discussion up by saying something as bold as this I'm glad I speak in tongues what? more than you all. Now, why would he say that? And, and I know, you know, you say, well, you know, is the Holy Ghost the only sign? And I, I've had people take and say, you know, well, I got a gift of wisdom or I got a gift of knowledge. And yet Paul was very clear that the initial sign of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost was the super, of the supernatural power of this uh, spirit was that they were spoken tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And now, I'm not, we don't pray for tongues. I, you don't, we don't want people to come up and say, Lord, give me tongues. I want to speak in tongues. That's not how you receive the Holy Ghost anyway. You just simply repent. You have to be a believer. I guess maybe believe before you repent. You have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. And then you have to repent. You have to ask the Lord to forgive you. And then you have to worship because you have to begin to 
praise him and thank him and rejoice. And you have to keep speaking and the Holy Ghost flows through you. The Bible says it inhabits the praises of his people. And Jesus himself went through and told numerous parables and times and situations where he was highlighting the importance of the individual putting something into this. In other words, you can't just be a passive receiver of the Holy Ghost. While I know that, you know, there have been individuals that, you know, may say, well, I was just sitting there and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost hit me. I, I will tell you that you have to put yourself in the place to receive it. And you have to ask, the Bible says. He tells a whole parable. Remember, ask and you shall receive. Seek. Knock. And, and, and so it's that progression of, uh, you know, asking is just simply if I go up, you know, to the counter and I say, uh, and maybe you've ever lost a, a wallet or you've lost something, you know, you can call the store and say, you know, has anybody turned it in? And they go, no, well, fine, all right, just forget it. But no, if you really want it, you'll start looking for it yourself. You will start seeking. You will do something. I'm going to do something. I want to receive something. And then the knocking is when you put your own skin in the game, you know. That's I'm even, I'm even going to bother somebody else. You, you understand? I, I'm going to put my skin in the game. And Jesus told a whole story about asking and, and you, you shall receive and ask and seek and knock. In fact, another place, he said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. If you have no hunger for God, if you say, well, I'm going to sit there and I'm not really hungry. I, I don't really think I want it. I don't think I need it. I don't think, and you're not going to be hungry for it. I, I will promise you the Holy Ghost is very respectful. He's not going to knock you down and drag you out and pull you behind the car and say, you're going to take me. Amen. It won't happen. You've got a hunger and thirst. You have to want it. You have to say, I want to receive something. In fact, Paul said, and, and I, I, I mentioned it earlier, but that righteousness, peace, and joy were where? In the Holy Ghost. And so when you think in terms of having his righteousness and having peace and having joy, so when a person comes and they say, you don't understand my life, I, I don't have much joy, I don't, have, I don't feel very good about my life, you don't understand, I, don't, I, I just doesn't feel right, I don't feel right, I just don't feel fulfilled, I don't feel like what I'm doing. What they, I'm saying I need is I need to let the Holy Ghost flow through me. That's what will bring that sense of righteousness, peace, and joy. And that's why I said that what's an exciting day and what's so exciting about this hour is that we are living in an hour where it seems like, you know, more and more and more we need righteousness, peace, and joy. There is no joy in Mudville anywhere you go. It doesn't matter, you know. You, you read the news and, and, you know, this is happening and, uh, and that's happening and, you know, global warming and, and all these problems and the Democrats hate the Republicans and Republicans hate Trump and Trump hates everybody and everybody loves Trump and oh, I mean, it's just like, 
Amen. No peace. Right. You know, we're going to have this and we're going to, we're, we're mad at North Korea and then we're mad at Iraq and then we're mad at Iran and then we're going to shoot them down. Oh, isn't it nice to be able to receive the Holy Ghost? And just for a moment, whether it's just on Sunday morning for 10 minutes or 50, just to have, I, I'm not fighting with anybody. I'm not mad, you know. I, I go home, I'll still be mad at my wife and I'll, I'll still kick the dog. But just for a moment, I got all kinds of righteousness, peace, huh? That's what receiving the Holy Ghost is all about. That's what it's so exciting about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus himself told some other parables about lost coins and lost sheep and the, the shepherd that goes looking for the, you know, the one lost sheep and as if he were the shepherd. In other words, let me just tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be honest, you are not going to seek God harder than he's seeking you. Right. He will do everything he can to put himself in your path so that you'll turn to him. He will do everything. He will come and treat as much as he can because he wants you to receive. That's why he came. Was He came so that they would receive the Holy Ghost. In fact, whenever they were doing missionary journeys and this was uh, Paul having it read it in Acts the 19th chapter when the people at Ephesus received the Holy Ghost. The Bible is very clear. Paul passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, found what he called were disciples. Disciples are a good thing. They're followers. And you can be a follower without receiving the Holy Ghost. You can be a disciple without receiving the Holy Ghost. But the Lord wants everybody to have the Holy Ghost. That's why he came. And Paul found certain disciples and he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to him, what? We don't even know what you're talking about. We have not even heard about the Holy Ghost. And he said, well, how were you baptized? And they said, well, we're followers of John the Baptist. We have been baptized unto John's baptism. And you go on and he said, then said Paul, and he told it. He quoted those verses again. Those five references now becomes the sixth reference later on in the book of Acts. Where Paul said, John indeed or truly baptized with the baptism of repentance. Saying they that believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. So in other words he was saying if you really become a believer and you begin to worship. You will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's going to happen. If you want it, you will get it. You can have it this morning. You can have it today. And the Bible said as soon as they heard this, they said we want to be baptized in the water in the name of the Lord Jesus and, and Christ. And whenever he laid his hands on them, guess what? They received the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. It's as simple as that. The Lord has the Holy Ghost for you today if you've never received the Holy Ghost you need to say this is my Sunday I want to be a receiver now these were about 12 men that were here in Ephesus and Paul ends up staying there three months and later he leaves and starts riding back to 
This group of believers, these people that had received the Holy Ghost, these people that had been baptized in Jesus' name, he calls them saints. Now all of a sudden, now that's for all of you who've already received the Holy Ghost. If you've already received the Holy Ghost, now we're writing to the saints. If you have it, today's a great day to get it. But if you've had it, here's what Paul said. We're going to look at what Paul told him. He said, to the saints which are at Ephesus. Everybody say saints. saints. To the faithful in Christ Jesus. Everybody say faithful. faithful. All right. So now I'm a saint and I'm faithful. And he said, let me tell you something about you. God chose you before the foundation of the world. In other words, the Lord has been doing everything he can to seek and to save everybody he can. It's no accident you're here. It's not happenstance that you walked in on this morning. This was just in the plan and direction of God. He had you find, meet the right people. All of a sudden, it was not just, well, I don't understand. It was just luck. It wasn't luck. God has been on your trail as fast as he could to find out I want to intersect. I want this person to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said he came to seek and to save. Yeah. Now, you, you, you read on. Here he, he said, you are, next slide here, uh, Ephesians of First chapter, we read first verse and eighth verse. Now the 13th verse, Paul is telling them they're saints, they're faithful. They were chosen by God. And now he said, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. In other words, God's put his mark on you. You got it. When you got the Holy Ghost, you spoke in tongues, he put a seal on you, a stamp on you. And you know what? You can break that, you can avoid that, but you will never be able to run far enough to get away from that. Amen. No matter where you go or what you do, you will always remember the day or the night or the moment that God touched you and put a seal or a stamp on your life. Hallelujah. You, can, you can run, but you can't hide from that. It's there. He said you were once dead in sins, but you were quickened. It's kind of a, you know... And I don't know, you know, I've not seen too many dead people come back to life, but I can't imagine, you know, you just jump up like a zombie. I, I would think if, you know, you're going to be quickened, that would be pretty exciting. You, you know, you, and I know we get a little loud and boisterous and we get a little excited when people are feeling the quickening of the Holy Ghost, but that's resurrection power. It's like 220, man. It, we're excited about it. It's like if you've ever really tapped into that, whoop. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, if you I drop Rover right now and they bring an ambulance in, one of the things they do is they, you know, bam! Huh? Hit you with those power! Bow! And that's kind of what the Holy Ghost is. I'm not trying to scare you. We're not going to knock you out with a heart attack, but I'm just telling you, it's like 240. Bam! You know, you can say, well, I just, you know, I want, I want to be quick and alive, gently singing. Well, don't go to an ER and expect lullabies if you're having a heart attack. It's cold blue, bam! 
jam a needle in him. Shoot, you know, shoot him up. Huh? <laughs> Let's rip his clothes. Well, I don't like to have anybody touch me. Well, don't have a heart attack. <laughs> they're going to be all over you. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> he said, and raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places. So everybody say, I, every once in a while, I get to sit down with Jesus. Yeah. Okay, now this is Paul talking. He goes on, same book. He said, by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. It's not of works. You don't, that's why I said you don't seek for tongues. This is not something you can work. You can't repeat, you know, abe seche. Get the Holy Ghost. the Holy Ghost. This is supernatural. This is something that comes from God. And he goes on in the 10th verse. And he said, we are his workmanship, created under Christ, under good works which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. And then you keep reading in this book. And do you know what Paul has the audacity to say to these people who are sitting in heavenly places, have been filled with the Holy Ghost, have been sealed, have had the Holy Ghost all this time. They've got it. it they, Acts 19, they predestinated all these verses. And you know what Paul said? Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled. Well, why would Paul say that? In chapter 5. They've already had the Holy Ghost. But he said, you need to be like a drunk. Now, I've had a few dealings with some drunks. I, in fact, I used to pastor a man, brilliant man. He, in fact, in fact invented the seven-bolt motor that was ran on the Alaskan pipeline that moved oil years ago, back in the 70s and 80s. Major, brilliant man, and, and the president of his company came to me because we, we worked with him. He was, an, he was an alcoholic. He was just a drunk. And, and the president came to me one time and said, Pastor, if he, his wife had received the Holy Ghost, and she was in the church, she had been a drunk with him and she life totally changed around he said if you can help Gene I can tell you his name but the point was he said if you can help him if you would just get him to where he can work Thursday Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday I'll pay him all week he can sober up on Monday and he can start drinking on Thursday but he's amazing and I said, well, I'm trying to get him to where he doesn't have any days. And I remember he tried an abuse. He tried all, I mean, you name it, he, whatever was out there at that time, he tried. And, and I don't remember how many years. One day he was in jail. He was picked up. Police normally would just pick him up and drive him home because, I mean, it was like 
unless they needed money, you know, they knew, everybody in town knew. It was a small town, we knew. He's Gene, he's drinking. Stayed out of his way if he was driving down the road because his pickup was full of beer cans and beer all the time. And one day the policeman called me before he even called his wife. Reverend, he's down here in the tank. I'm letting him dry out if you want to come down and visit him. I went down and I don't know, I, I just, I said, Gene, it's time for you to get the Holy Ghost. He said, I want it, you know, he was drunk. Every time he was drunk, he wanted it. I don't know what happened. I just said, in the name of Jesus, I laid my hands through the bars, and bam, the Holy Ghost hit him. He fell to his knees, started talking in tongues. I was just like, whoa. He got out. I don't know, didn't drink, tried to drink, would get sick, couldn't drink. He was in church three or four months trying to drink. He'd tell me, he said, I tried to drink again today, I couldn't drink. I kept telling him, Gene, this is, I mean, you, you gotta stop. Finally, he got back to it. He didn't want to give it up. And yet, the Lord reached for him. Now, let me explain something to you. If you've never been around a drunk, the key is, and they call it spirits, the key is, if you're a drunk, the only way to keep being a drunk is to keep drinking. You, you understand? If you are inebriated, and you stop drinking, eventually, you what we call sober up. And if we as apostolics aren't careful, we can be sober apostolics. <laughs> and that's what Paul said. You guys have been sealed, you've been chosen, you've been all these things, but I want you to make sure you stay full of the Holy Ghost because you need to stay full of the Spirit. You need to stay, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. What are you saying? If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, today is a good day to get it, but if you have, it's a good day to get another drink and say, Lord, fill me up again. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's stand because you know what the next verse is? Verse 18 said, he said, be drunk. Don't be drunk, but be filled with the Spirit because here's what he said you're going to have to do in this last hour. He said, you're going to have to start speaking to yourself in songs, in hymns, in spiritual songs, in singing, making melody. The enemy will do his
his best to wear you down. He will try to steal your song. He'll try to steal your praise. He'll try to give you so many problems that you don't have anything to thank God for. That's why you have to stay full of the Holy Ghost so that when you wake up, you're able to have a song in your heart. The Lord is able. He said, giving thanks unto all things, unto God and the God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the sixth chapter, Paul said, the prince and power of the air is trying to do what he can to defeat you. And I believe that's the hour we're living in. I can't hardly read anything without it trying to steal my joy, steal a song, steal a praise. I don't... I don't have anything to worship for. But that's when I say, Lord, fill me up again. Because when you, it all of a sudden, I know some of you young people don't know what it is, but we used to have what we called a CBs, radios. You know. And you could go to a side channel or another channel. Everybody was, all the truckers were on whatever, 11 or whatever it was. But then, you know, you could tell somebody, okay, go to channel 19 or whatever. And you could talk where the other people couldn't hear you unless they went to 19 as well. The point of it is, when you start talking in other tongues, it's all of a sudden like the prince and power of the air can't figure out what's being said. As a matter of fact, he said sometimes when you pray and you don't know exactly how to pray, if you will pray in other tongues, the Spirit all of a sudden reaches up and has a direct line into the throne room. And all of a sudden, uh, the Lord is able to supply what we need. So what are you talking about? Today's a great day to receive the Holy Ghost. Today is a great day to re be refilled with the Holy Ghost. If you need the Holy Ghost, come. If you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost, come. Whatever you have need of, I'm here to tell you, this is that which was spoken by the prophet.